Springfield Talk 1041. My name is Nick Reed, streaming live, KSGF.com, through the app, Facebook Live, which is 1041 Nick Reed. That's got video also that's sponsored by Springfield Raps, designer of the KSGF studio. They also do our stickers that uh, we give away at different times and different locations. Today in the 8 o'clock hour, going to be announcing the next Great Escape Details locations. Uh, it will be open to the public tomorrow morning. Uh, we do that because folks who have gone on previous trips, the benefit of that perk, if you will, is the ability to go ahead and get signed up before it is open to the public. And we'll give you um, details on that. All of all of everything that you need to know, uh, pricing, location, time, everything. Uh, Cam will be joining us in the 8 o'clock hour to talk about that. So uh, if you aren't able to listen live, make sure that you go back and listen to the on-demand section when that does become available. Uh, tomorrow is the day that there is supposed to be another go at the speaker. Um, you've got Jim Jordan that is currently Judiciary Committee Chair. Most of you are familiar with Jim Jordan. And while there has been a lot of public uh, acknowledgments of, of support of those that would need to lend that support, uh, you've got McCarthy saying he supports it. you got Gates. you got you have all these individuals that have been seen as opposing, yet they're apparently are some within the Republican Party that have been behind the scenes working with Democrats to try to sabotage this. We'll talk about that coming up. Of course, the latest situation um, in in Israel. <laughs> Kanye West has got to be thinking to himself, why did I get canceled? Why was everybody railing on me for so long? Kanye West, of course, got canceled because some of the things that he said was labeled as anti-Semitic. And so that meant that he needed to be driven from public society. You know, at, uh, uh, he should at all costs be, be essentially canceled. Okay, that's fine. But he's got to be looking around and going, oh, wait a minute here. I'm watching these universities with, you know, and how many of those students in these university campuses that are out there openly celebrating what's happening to the Jewish people right now? How many of those people also canceled Kanye West? Or, you know, personally? There, there are uh, the, these, these elements of our society that labeled some of the things that Kanye West said as being, you know, you hear the thing that there's no place in our society for such things to be said. Aside from what he said, he didn't go out and encourage anyone to hurt any Jewish people, to kill any Jewish people. He didn't support or celebrate in the name of, quote, self-defense, raping women and dragging them naked through the streets. 
decapitating babies, lighting their bodies on fire, calling up family members of victims as you torture them so that the family members have to hear what it is that they're going through, uploading videos of their horrific deaths to their social media sites so that people who love and care for them would have to see it. Yet Kanye West, we were all told there's no place for somebody like Kanye West in our society. We've got Black Lives Matter, however, out of the gate, fully supportive of actual action against the Jewish people. Some of them have attempted to slightly dial things back, but it's still very clear where they stand. Uh, Those of you, particularly on the left, that have such a distaste in your mouth for somebody like Kanye West, but write checks to Black Lives Matter, how do you... How is it that in your mind that is justifiable how does that make sense incidentally this is not a defense of kanye west i just with total amazement watch a segment of the population and in fairness there are a number of democrats that are very very unequivocally no holds barred full 100% acknowledgement of the terrorist activity and these terrorists and that there is no room for support amongst reasonable people for these terrorist activities. There, there are a few of those. I'd say there's gray area is occupied by most of them. And then you have those on the, the left that, again, are in full support, 100% support. And I think Kanye West said some words. And in our culture, at least in elements of our culture, he was deemed to be so damaging, so anti-Semitic that he must be shunned from society. You have college campuses, you've got activists, you've you've got people all over this country that are coming together in solidarity for the actual murder of Jews. Because they're Jewish. Makes sense of that. And I think that there should be some moment of reflection, some moment of critical thinking for those of you who just have this disgust for somebody like Kanye West, but you have a BLM flag or a Black Lives Matter mask or you make donations to these organizations that openly support the elimination of the Jewish people. Or do you figure out a way to rationalize that one, too? Latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. A jury trial will start today for a man charged in a deadly Springfield shooting. Austin Ball is accused of killing 24-year-old Kaylin Troy at the AMPM food market on Kearney Street in 2020. According to court documents, the victim and several others were planning to buy drugs from Ball, before attempting to rob him. Ball allegedly fired several shots, killing the victim. He faces second-degree murder charges. And a man will go on trial in Lawrence County today, accused of raping a teenager last year. Authorities say Matthew Fries invited a 17-year-old girl to stay at his home 
and that's where the victim claims the abuse took place. She also says she suffered injuries as a result. The jury trial is expected to last three days. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. And that first alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 62 for a high today. Mostly clear 39 tonight. Tomorrow sunshine. High of 67, though there is going to be a wind chill factor. Could make it feel around 36. Everyone, Sarah Myers. Hey, that's me, Beatles, property maintenance. First things first, Beatles is spelled B-E-A-D-L-E-S. And what do they do? Well, I'll tell you. They specialize in home repairs and maintenance. The Beatles team, they can help you out from everything from radon mitigation, water restoration, mold. Uh, if you have crawl space problems, they can help you out with that as well. And they also can help you out if you are a rental property owner because the Beatles team, they have a maintenance program specifically for rental property owners. Owners, so they can help you out uh, with all of those items that will pop up from plumbing, electrical to even installing appliances and doing trim. They can help you out and make sure that your rental property is move in ready for the next tenants that move in. So if you want more information on that maintenance program, BeatlesPM.com. And of course, if you are needing any other type of home repairs or maintenance just in your personal home or uh, if you're a real estate agent and you have items pop up during that inspection phase, Beatles Property Maintenance, they are there for you. You can find all of their contact information under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at KSGF.com. Oh, on Facebook Live. Hello and a good morning to Omonti. We've got our listeners are all over the place this morning. And I, I so often don't even think to acknowledge those of you on Facebook Live land. Not for any particular reason, but I just... Don't I, worry, I take care of that. I know, you do a fantastic job. But uh, uh, Mindy, hello. Bob, hello. Monty in Tennessee. Oh. Which, wasn't he just out there? No, different Monty. Oh, this is a different Monty? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Okay. That's just not the most common name. Oh. It's not like a John or a... somebody's from Minnesota. Yeah, today. well, they're I know that person. They're an area person, so they're just up mm, there. Okay, yeah, okay. so we got Minnesota and Tennessee all over the place. My Safe goodness. travels, everyone. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Uh, Town Hall has a piece noting why Republicans are plotting against Jordan in the race for Speaker. Interesting. According to a new report. House Republicans are working with Democratic Party to ensure Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan does not secure the speakership role. NBC News reported that U.S. Representative Mike Rogers, a Republican from Alabama, and several other Republicans have participated in closed closed door meetings with Democrat House leader and election denier Hakeem Jeffries. Democrat from New York to reach a solution to keep Jordan from securing the required 218 votes to become the new House Speaker. Only five Republicans need to vote no to succeed. Rogers telling reporters they put us in this ditch along with eight traitors. We're still the majority party. We're willing to work with them, but they got to tell us what they need. On Sunday, Jeffries himself confirmed that the parties have plotted against Jordan to keep him from taking former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's seat. Jeffries said during an interview with Meet the Press, there are informal conversations that have been underway. When we get back to Washington tomorrow, it's important to begin to formalize the discussions. Why do I get the distinct feeling that this coordination 
between Republicans and Democrats will be seen as bipartisan, while the previous, though there wasn't much coordination needed, it just fell into place, the eight Republicans who voted to oust McCarthy and then the Democrats all in lockstep doing the same, that was traitorous. That was holding the House hostage. That was dismantling an institution. That was throwing Congress into complete and utter chaos. I suspect that the approach by Democrats and by the media is going to be much different. See, now this will not be further chaos. This will not be, um, these Republicans will not be painted as some sort of extremists that are going so far as to uh, to to coordinate, conspire with Democrats uh, because they're selfish, because they're, they're, they're egomaniacs. But this will be bipartisanship. This will be some reasonable Republicans reaching across the aisle in order to get things back in order so that at this historic time when leadership is needed the most, and we'll hear how virtuous and wonderful it is that still in Washington, D.C., still in the halls of Congress, there are some Republicans that are willing to put aside party politics all for the good of the country and for the world. Jeffries said on Meet the Press from the very beginning of this Congress, House Democrats have made clear that we want to continue to put people over politics. Oh, well, of course they do. Of course they do. And to fight for things like lower costs, better paying jobs, safer communities, and how to build a community that works from the middle out and the bottom up. Well, how has that been working so far? We Listen, Democrats, the first couple of years, full reign. They got to put in all of their lower crime, higher pay, less inflation policies that they wanted to, and they got them in place. So the Democrats' position here is working with some rogue Republicans to stop Jim Jordan from becoming speaker is an effort to put somebody in there that will help them continue what they started in the first two years of the Biden administration continue the sort of policies that have led to where we are today. Not a real big selling point if you're grounded in reality. Republican Mike Rogers from Alabama referred to the eight Republicans who chose to oust McCarthy as traitors and have paralyzed the GOP wing. You see the hypocrisy here? And it is such an arrogant hypocrisy that they don't even mind the hypocrisy being on full display. So in the context, being interviewed about the fact that they are behind closed doors, conspiring with Democrats to prevent Jim Jordan from becoming the speaker. In that context, referring to Republicans who didn't have to court, they didn't even have to get behind closed doors to coordinate with Democrats. Democrats were more than willing to jump on board in order to help all of this process along for their own political purposes. 
They're, they're, th- these Republicans are doing the same thing. The difference is, I mean, okay, so let's see, are there some differences between Republicans ousting McCarthy in a manner that required Democrat votes versus Republicans that are trying to stop Jim Jordan from becoming Speaker and needing Democrat votes in order to do so? Okay, so again, when it came to Jordan, sorry, McCarthy, there was no actual coordination needed. Again, because Democrats more than willing to help that process along. This is something that takes a proactive effort, apparently, to to actually conspire with Democrats to make it happen. They have to, in other words, put some work into it. We also, not that this necessarily should make a difference, but it does, and we hear it used quite often, The McCarthy ousting happened before all hell broke loose in the Middle East. I can all but guarantee you, had this occurred prior to what unfolded with the ousting of McCarthy, McCarthy would still be speaker. They wouldn't have have done this. They would have, and I don't know this for sure, but I firmly believe that they would have noted, now's not the time. We need a speaker right now. And given the problems that do exist, that do need to be addressed, this right now, in this moment, we need somebody that's a speaker because of what is going on with Israel. Apparently, the anti-Jordan Republicans don't have that same assessment because they're willing to make this thing drag out even longer. I mean, if we're going to compare and contrast here. But I would also, let's just, aside from any of the rhetoric that exists here, let's look at the motivation, the ultimate motivation here. When you're dealing with some of these Republicans that did not like McCarthy, and there were many who went ahead and voted to keep him in, in order to give him the opportunity in the last, if you will, two minutes of the game to deliver on the budgetary issue promises. Ultimately, Those who had a problem with McCarthy, it was based off not fulfilling the promises to start handling our budget issues in the way that the responsible Congress, a responsible Congress is supposed to handle it. The spending issue, not just the amount, but the process. They're supposed to go through. They're supposed to evaluate. They're supposed to have debate. And what has happened for way too long is just this giant omnibus bill, and it's up or down. No one gets an opportunity to read it. And if you look at the spending chart, regardless of who is in power, it continues to go up, 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 up. So it's not just the amount of dollars, but it's the process that allows for those deficits to increase, the debt to increase. And whether it was the right time to do it or the right way to go about it, Ultimately, that was the problem, that McCarthy was not filling the promises, not just to them, but to Republican voters, or he wasn't delivering it quickly enough. What is it that the other Republicans, if you will, what is their problem? What is their beef? 
Their beef is the fact that there are Republicans who want to have that fiscal responsibility. Now, it can be debated the timing, it can be debated the strategy. There are so many aspects of this that can be discussed and debated, but I think far too often we get lost in the forest for the trees, the trees for the forest. And we fail to recognize what is this ultimately about? And is the Republican Party, and do we feel as voters, who support those that do support the Republican Party for, among other things, fiscal responsibility, that they have continued to deliver that? So tomorrow, despite the fact that there have been people that have been in opposition over this speakership situation that have all come out and have said, again, McCarthy, all the way to Matt Gates, yeah, Jim Jordan, great guy, that's my guy. Uh, there are some Republicans that have been working behind the scenes, behind closed doors, conspiring with Democrats to try to derail this thing. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. Saturday, November 4th, 1 o'clock, going to have a an exclusive private screening of uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, The Burbs, and you can join us. This is Alamo Draft House. You go to ksgf.com. I believe this will be the final week of registration. We have a theater to ourselves, and uh, um, I was told I could pick out whatever movie I wanted. That's just one of my favorite movies. Uh, I know that some of you are fans because when I mention this, I start getting quotes. It's a very quotable movie. If you've not seen or heard of The Burbs, I think you'll definitely like it. Uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, Corey Feldman. It's got quite an a, array of, of cast members. And it's just a fun, um, uh, one of, again, one of my favorite movies. And so that's what we'll be watching at Alamo Draft House on Saturday, 1 o'clock. November 4th. Uh, you can't buy tickets. It's um, just win only. You can win a pair by going to ksgf.com, getting registered there. Uh, the Republicans have flipped a, a, a gubernatorial race. There was an election. Did you know this? In which a Democrat was facing the ouster, or the, the Democrats were facing, they, they've held that gubernat that governorship in this state, and a Republican ended up winning it. This is a flip we probably won't hear much about, and it certainly will not be in any way, shape, or form a reflection of what Democrats may be facing for the upcoming presidential election. All right, that first alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sunny 62 today. 39 tonight, sunshine 67 tomorrow. If you had to pop on the old defrost this morning and it isn't as bad as it's going to be. Yes, the winter weather will be here before we know it. And you're trying to make the just the, the little porthole, if you will, where you can see through as you drive. And maybe by the time you get to work, the defrost has actually fully defrosted your windshield. That can be dangerous. And your defrost is more than just blowing air up in that windshield there are other scientific factors to it and so you may think well the fans blowing and the air kind of feels like it's warm but it may not be working as it is intended to work and so as we head into winter that and every other aspect of your vehicle just like your home you need to make sure that it's ready for winter and do that at a1 custom car care
I got a number of area locations, and you can easily find them by going to ksgf.com. Nick's endorsements, that's where they, they sit there. When's their new, uh, they've got that the new Fort and Sunshine location, the big brand new facility there. I believe it's going to open sometime in November. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. I'm sure if you've driven by there, you've noticed that that big development there, and that is uh, A1 Custom Car Care. GOP flips dim state after Trump-backed candidate wins key election. Well, everything's wrong with this, right? Trump-backed Louisiana gubernatorial candidate Jeff Landry won his election Saturday night, flipping the Democrat-led state to Republican. Landry succeeded Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards, who did not seek re-election because of term limits, according to the AP. Louisiana has not had a Republican governor for eight years. Landry said in a victory speech, today's election says that our state is united. It is a wake-up call, and it's a message that everyone should hear loud and clear, that we, the people in this state, are going to expect more out of our government from here on out. Landry avoided a runoff under Louisiana's jungle primary system by receiving more than half of the votes. Runoffs are typical in the state. The last time a runoff did not occur was when Republican Governor Bobby Jindal was elected in 2007 and 11. Landry was Louisiana's attorney general since 2016. The 52-year-old governor-elect supports conservative Louisiana laws, including abortion restrictions, laws against sexually explicit books in school libraries, and transgender puberty blockers and hormone bans for minors. Landry, who was supported by former President Donald Trump, defeated several opponents in the election. There was only one Democrat, the former head of Louisiana's Transportation Department, Sean Wilson. Landry also faced off against GOP State Senator Hewitt, independent candidate and attorney Hunter Lundry, Republican State Treasurer Josh Schroeder, and Republican Stephen Wagaspak. Now, this, of course, election will not get much coverage because it is not... A narrative piece. It does not. One of the one of the talking points that anti-Trump people like to use is that everything Trump touches loses. And the midterms were a, a, a fantastic example of that. And that is, of course, supposed to translate to Trump's reelection chances. I think polling shows that that's not the case. And I've always held that there is not a direct impact to the degree that a lot of people think that there is uh, between Trump's popularity and electability versus those that he supports and endorses. And I also know that if Trump is out there endorsing candidates and Republicans do poorly when Trump isn't president, that isn't as much of a reflection of Donald Trump as it is a reflection of the current Republican Party. If Mitch McConnell cannot win back the Senate because Donald Trump exists, that is a Mitch McConnell problem. If the Republican Party is unable to pick up seats or win gubernatorial races or flip state houses because Donald Trump exists when he's not even on the ballot, then that is a Republican Party problem. The Republican Party cannot sit around and say, well, we'd win if it weren't for that guy over there. He exists because of your behavior in the the context of the Republican Party. 
This is also significant because the Republican vote was split amongst a number of candidates and the Democrat only had one or the, the Democrats only had one candidate. The, the jungle primary, you just get a whole bunch of people and they get uh, they, they uh, cross whatever threshold is needed in terms of signatures to get on the ballot. And then the top two advance unless somebody gets over 50 percent of the vote. And what you had here was Landry had to, in terms of Republicans, uh, had to work to get Republican votes when he had a number of other Republicans that also were in the race. While the Democrats, every one of the, you know, anyone and everyone who was going to vote for a Democrat, they had one option there and he still couldn't win. This, of course, doesn't mean that come November of next year, Trump will be elected president and Republicans everywhere will win. But it certainly isn't fitting into this narrative that Trump-backed candidates are doomed to fail. And as long as Trump exists, Republicans will never win again. And it's all of his fault. The Hill, incidentally, has their listing of Senate rankings, the five seats most likely to flip. Every one of them is a Democrat. West Virginia, they list the obvious Senator Joe Manchin. If he even decides to run, of course, there's been discussion of him running as third party, him running as third party for president of the United States. The uncertainty here is the fact that he is so weak in a state, which he, this is one of, this guy really screwed himself over. The so-called Inflation Reduction Act being the real turning point, this was a guy that would buck the Democrat Party, and it worked for him. He had tremendous amount of support for a Democrat from even Republicans. And with that move and the fact that the Re- Inflation Reduction Act did not reduce inflation, but instead caused it to skyrocket, just destroyed him. And so it is now largely believed that he cannot win the state of West Virginia. In addition to West Virginia, John Tester of Montana, Democrat, is awaiting his eventual GOP challenger in a push for a fourth term next year. Tester faces many of the same potential issues as Manchin, tough environment with Trump atop the GOP ticket, deep red state that forces him to rely on the support of independent and some Republicans on top of his Democrat base, which does not seem likely. In Ohio, Senator Sherrod Brown, Democrat, gearing up for what's expected to be the toughest contest of his career. Brown won his 2012 and 2018 contest by six and seven percentage points, respectively, but is likely looking at a much closer affair this time around as he grapples with a state that has grown decidedly more red since he last faced the voters. And as we talked about last week, Ohio is a state that, according to the latest polling, Trump is up by a significant amount. It was either seven or 11. There were a number of different states that Biden had won last time around in which Trump was winning anywhere from seven to 11 or 12 percentage points. In Arizona, you've got, of course, Carrie Lake rolling out her campaign and the recognition that she has is rebranding herself somewhat from the Carrie Lake that has talked 
justifiably so, a lot about election integrity issues and has been very, very outspoken about those in the Democrat Party that are a real part of the problem and is trying to be more of the, you know, the uh, I will represent all people of Arizona. And it is largely believed that is a recognition that that is going to be helpful for her to win that Senate seat. This, of course, you're talking about the uh, Semina situation. Pennsylvania, Bob Casey. So you've got, according to the Hill and their evaluation and the numbers in the upcoming environment, of the five Senate seats in which there are vulnerabilities for a potential flip, all five are Democrats that are looking, encouraging for Republicans. That is, as long as Mitch McConnell doesn't get out there, start to use financial support to help left-wing Republicans in primaries, not help those that could actually, in a meaningful way, take a seat from a Democrat in the Senate. As long as Mitch McConnell doesn't get out there and start bemoaning the fact that, well, we don't really have high-quality candidates, which he did in the lead-up to, the, next, to the, uh, the previous election. And then when his brilliant strategy of trashing on his own candidates doesn't work in a winning fashion, he points his finger and blames Trump. As long as we can keep the McConnell factor out of there, then Republicans have a chance of taking the Senate. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we are going to be unveiling the details of our upcoming Great Escape. Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank you. Well, I was talking to Andy over at Avis, the car rental company, uh, last week, and she was talking about some of their items that they do have available for long-term rental. One of them is the Ford cargo vans, and they also have the Ford F-250 Platinum with Tremor package. Now, she wanted me to mention the Ford cargo vans specifically because they would be great for someone who is wanting to rent a long-term to use as a work vehicle, and she actually mentioned that someone, I believe she said it was a listener actually, just rented one, and they have an HVAC business, and so they are using that currently. Now, the Avis long-term rental program it's not only great if you are a business owner looking to add to your fleet of vehicles. It's also great if you are looking to purchase a vehicle soon, but you are wanting to do kind of a test drive, a longer one, if you are um, trying to make a commitment to a vehicle and you're not exactly sure what you're wanting yet. And it's also great if you are a person who likes to lease your vehicles, but you are wanting more flexibility. Now, Avis, they have a lot more than those Ford cargo vans and the Ford F-250s. They also have uh, Chevy Bolt EVs. They have sports cars. They have um, Chevy Trail blazer so a little bit of everything for every lifestyle now if you want more information on the long-term rental program just swing by the avis store it's located off of fortin sunshine goodness and of course you can find all of their contact information under the sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com uh, Facebook Live, sponsored by Springfield Raps designer of the KSGF studio, Mr. Pruitt noting Plaid Monday. What a great way to start a speakerless week. Nice. Uh, yes, that's right. It is. I wondered if he'd notice it's not Wednesday, but the weather, I I, I saw my... It's a little chilly yeah, out there. I know. I saw yesterday. I thought, you know what? Breaking it out. Breaking it out. See, now I've got two flannels because I got, for Christmas last year, an additional flannel. So now I can rotate them. Nice. I don't have to reserve for just Wednesday. <laughs> you should get 
five. So you can just rotate. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. Don't tempt me. Do not tempt me. Joe Biden um, gave a speech at the Human Rights Campaign National Dinner. And he did some screaming and yelling. And he made some of the claims that he has made in the past. And he actually acknowledged that he's... He, he, He's made this claim before, though he is never in any sort of follow-up interview asked to give examples. And here he is making the claim that in America, gay people get thrown out of restaurants all the time. You've heard me say it before, and I apologize for having to repeat it. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, something is still fundamentally wrong in this country. And that still exists. Where, where is this? What, I would just like once. Maybe this is a question that Peter Ducey can ask Karine Jean-Pierre. The president has repeatedly noted that we live in a country where you can get married in the morning if you are gay, but then you get thrown out of a restaurant and that this is happening. I mean, it's continuing to happen. He said he's made this claim before. Can he give an example of, of this occurring? You'd think that this would be a lead news story if this happened. But I, I've yet to hear those stories. And, and frankly, I've got to believe, in, given the number of people that go into restaurants, the number of restaurants that exist, I, I, I've got to believe, frankly, that there is a chance that maybe that did happen somewhere. But they talk about this as if this is a daily occurrence. And they're never once required. How about a news story that has that that phrase that was developed, apparently, for the Trump administration without evidence? Remember, we, we got served up that little gym any and every time Donald Trump made a comment about some scenario occurring. President Trump claimed without evidence. Where, where is that without evidence? Caveat. Where's that little, that, that little, those two words that we constantly heard any and every time Trump said anything whatsoever, given that nobody can apparently even find any evidence of this occurring. You know, it's funny because... I did find a few articles of people being booted out of restaurants. Some of you may remember some of these. Virginia restaurant refuses service to conservative advocacy group. A Virginia-based conservative Christian advocacy group was turned away from a local restaurant just an hour before their reservation last week. Now, this was an actual occurrence with an actual story. Actual people interviewed, including the restaurant owner. Who said that, you know, some of their employees were uncomfortable around Christians. Oh, I guess that's okay. See, this is something that if I were asked, could you provide an example? Yes. There's another story you may recall. The owner of a small eatery in Virginia, which gained national attention last summer for kicking out White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders, says that she remains proud of the decision, claiming that it actually helped her business because there were so many people that supported denying somebody a service because of who they are, a conservative. This is an actual story. People on the record. 
Harris Faulkner has talked about the fact that she's a, a, a journalist, African-American, how she was asked to leave a restaurant for praying, bowing her head to pray because it made some people uncomfortable. Another African-American by the name of Gianna Caldwell was asked to leave a restaurant in North Miami because his conservative views, quote, don't align with the opinions of the owner. Isn't it interesting that when you are asked as a conservative or a Christian to leave a restaurant because of your beliefs, and they're proud of it, that somehow is okay, yet here the President of the United States speaking, and he's, he's made this claim before, that we live in a country where people who are gay get kicked out of restaurants, that somehow, even though there, no one can actually find examples of that occurring, that still is what we're supposed to see as a violation of human rights. Interesting, isn't it? Let's get a traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. Uh, all right. Uh, you can make a note coming up as we get into winter Friday, our local for less this Friday at 10 a.m. $50 gift certificate to Suntan City for only $25. So you can get your tan on. That, again, will be 10 a.m. KSGF.com this Friday. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed. <laughs> 